Welcome to Roadcase, the podcast that explores the live music experience. Thanks for joining us. I'm your host, Josh Rosenberg, and I'll be taking you on a journey through in-depth interviews with performers and key people in the industry to explore the magic of live music, how it can be totally transformative for both fans and performers, and we'll look at how they take it all out on the road. It's going to be a great ride, so here we go. Okay, welcome back to Roadcase, everybody. This is Josh Rosenberg. I am the host of Roadcase, and I am really happy to be here for this episode featuring my conversation with the amazing artist from LA, my hometown as well, uh, Zahara. So happy to have them here. Uh, their latest album is out as of September 22nd. It's a sophomore album. It's entitled Tender. I just love it. Please go check it out. Uh, want to remind everybody. Uh, while you're here, uh, that there is a number of different ways that you can get involved in the Roadcase community. Really quick and easy way is to follow us on the socials. We are at Roadcase Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can also visit our website, roadcasepod.com, our newly designed website. Really proud of it. So please go check it out uh, on roadcasepod.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can shoot us an email at info at roadcasepod.com. Uh, also a great way to support Roadcase is to follow this podcast on your favorite listening platform. If you're on Spotify, you just hit that little box that says follow on the Roadcase homepage on Apple Podcasts. There's a check mark up in the upper right-hand corner. You just click that and doing so on those platforms. And similarly, similarly on other platforms, uh, that will enable you to get notices as to when new episodes come live. And it's just really great for Roadcase to have a ton of subscribers. So really appreciate you doing that. And while you're there, if you can rate and review Roadcase, uh, we really appreciate that. Helps out the show as well. And to do that on Spotify, there's a little box with some stars right underneath the follow box. Just click on that and on Apple Podcasts. Scroll up a little bit from the Roadcase homepage and you'll see some stars and a place to write a review and you know what to do. Bunch of stars. Uh, just write whatever. Uh, really appreciate that. So thanks in advance. So I've got the LA-based artist Zahara. So happy to have them on the show for this really great conversation. We're both LA people and we sort of fell into this really casual, uh, sweet conversation that I had with them. Uh, such a great, um, such a great artist. And what really struck me about Zahara is just, um, their interesting and, uh, very easy way of getting into conversation with me, uh, super mellow LA human, uh, that I can relate to because I grew up there as well. So it was sort of like talking to an old friend with some commonalities and touch points and such, but, Really interestingly, Zahara's um, coming into and through a very transitional time in their life. Um, early on, it struggled with some substances uh, and uh, struggled with disassociation, uh, tons of drinking, some drug use, some trauma, unfortunately. But now they're at a really good point in their life. And um, we talk about meditation, about self-awareness, about the steps that they took to get to the point uh, of a place of real self-acceptance and self-improvement. And I really, really respect that. And Zahara has really put a lot of time, 
effort, thought into understanding the factors, um, kind of those type of behaviors, sort of an untenable for them. And to recognize that is an incredibly mature and very difficult thing to do for anyone, for me, for um, clearly for Zahara, it's, it's, it's hard to take a step back and look at yourself and say, hey, what's going on and what do I need to do to change? And Zahara has really made that effort. Uh, this new album, while it came out of a very difficult breakup and difficult time, they're really at a better place in their life right now to hear uh, Zahara talk about it. Uh, just a really fun conversation. She's so sweet and self-aware and um, love the story uh, about uh, her getting turned on to meditation originally by Michael Imperioli, who of course has a band himself uh, called Zopa, but everyone will know him from Sopranos and he was in White Lotus as well in the latest season. But um, uh, she really kind of struck up a fun friendship with him and he turned her on to meditation, not to give away too much of this conversation, but uh, Zahara's got some tour dates up. You can go to their website and check that out. And uh, they will be in Chicago uh, this coming Monday, November 20th at House of Blues uh, in support of Wild Nothing. So I'm really, uh, really psyched for that. So Chicago fam, please come out and support Zahara. So glad that you're all here for this episode. Thanks so much for being here. And I want to send a special thank you to Zahara for being here on this episode of Roadcase. And here we go. Zahara, great to see you. Thanks so much for, uh, for being on Roadcase. Really happy to have you. And thanks for having me. I'm stoked. You are okay. This is you. Is this this is you stoked? Yeah, I guess <laughs> I don't know. I'm very. I'm like silly. Like so, I'm always stoked. I don't know every day. <laughs> Just it's, yeah, yeah. Well, you kind of have like a mellow vibe to you, is what I'm saying. Like, uh, but that's all. Yeah, it's all good. Just an observation. But um, so you're in LA, right? Are you still living up yeah. in Highland Park? No, I live in Echo Park right now, but I'm uh, thinking of going back. Oh, okay. You know, when I, I mean, so I grew up in LA like many, many years ago. I think the first place, I was born in the Bay Area, but the first place that my, then my parents like migrated down to LA, I think for a job my dad had, presumably. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't know what I'm saying. Like, yeah, that was the reason. Um, and we lived in Echo Park and like, God, I was like two or three, like late 60s when I was a baby, you know? <laughs> a oh. little different then i think but um what's what are like the primary what's the what are like the different what's the what's the vibe in echo park and why'd you move um i i just moved because like one of my exes like wanted me to be closer so i like came out here and i i really love it like i want to stay mm -hmm. but then I, I don't know i just ended up dating another person who lived down the street and i just like I don't know. I kind of just like don't want to run into anybody anymore. You know, I just kind of. You mean you don't want to run into people in Highland Park? No, in Echo Park. So like, I was living in um, I don't know. I kind of bounced around Northeast LA. I like lived in Highland Park, and yeah. then in my older twenty, like my earlier twenties, I like lived in uh, Eagle Rock. And uh -huh. uh, personally, I think like I love like Eagle Rock the most. Oh really? And then 
It feels so out of yeah. the way for me, though, just knowing L.A., but it's not. Or maybe it know, is, and you like that? <laughs> I like, like, the, the suburb kind of, like, the vibe, environment. The suburb vibe. Even in Highland, yeah. Uh-huh. Even in Highland Park, I lived off Monterey Road, and I grew up in the cul-de-sac. So just kind of, like, it was different. And my neighbor owned, like, half the block. It, it felt, uh-huh. like, more family, like, style, like, oriented. And right. I think I kind of liked that, like, a little bit better. I guess Highland Park was kind of more of a community before, and now it's kind of like uh, I don't know anyone as much. Huh. But I want to return like back to Highland Park or Eagle Rock, even though it's only five ten minutes away. Yeah. There is like a difference. I just like I like neighbors and like going over people's houses for dinner, that type of vibe. Yeah, well, I mean, you can do that if it's like ten minutes away. But yeah, that sort of suburban kind of vibe growing up i guess i i had that too it's weird in la how you can it's a city but it's like you live in a neighborhood and it almost feels like you're in the suburbs like uh i grew up in the valley so i grew up in sherman oaks and while it kind of had the the hallmarks of city life i'm not too far away from anything and there's a lot of people around but you're really kind of in that suburban level living i think but you're in the city which is nice yeah, I think that blend is like uh like a nice it adds like a tone to your life that's kind of like uh, kind of brings like happiness and like the small yeah small things saying hi to your neighbor just like hanging out going for a coffee that kind of stuff. Right. Do you kind of thrive like, on that kind of interaction daily? Yeah, I think yeah, just like the proximity of being like I that's why I kind of like Echo Park too is cuz like my friends I just be like yo let's go on a walk. And mm-hmm. then we'd walk and then like, they'd be like, you want to go to a show later or whatever? I got invited to this and then make new friends. It's just like a, I guess like every day, like my life is an adventure. I'm not, I just don't oh, stay cool. home. I'm like doing like 10 things like a day. So it's, it feels, sometimes it feels like my head's on a wheel or something. On a swivel. Yeah. I just keep it going. So every day is an adventure. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is that like a, can that be a bad thing too? I mean, like that, that's, that's a lot. Like if there's so much happening, are you the person that likes to be like in the shit all the time with people or does that, yeah. where are you with that? Do you need time off from that? Or can you be on all the time with that? Sometimes I do reach a burnout and then yeah. I'll stay home for a few days and then I don't know. I like to like, I'll just pick up a book and I'll just like read for a few days or I'll just, I meditate like every day. So I feel like I do have, I'll reserve like, like 30 minutes to like an hour of just pure like silence or just like Mm. reading. You know, I I just do the balance and I take a lot of like naps. I'll do like a 15 minute nap (laughs) on my iPhone timer. Yeah, dude, it's like a reset. Totally. You can do, you can do a 15 minute nap. Yeah, it feels bomb. My friend yeah, was like, totally. "No, totally. I'm not. Believe me, I'm not. I'm on your side with the naps. I'm just checking in on the timing." Yeah. Wait, you were saying you had a friend or something that what? Uh, yeah, I don't know. My friend, like the other day, was telling me, like, dude, I do the opposite. She's like Swedish, and uh, she says she does fika, which is like she does coffee what? Say that again. Today. 
she does this thing called fika uh-huh. which is like three times a day and i was like dude that's fucking nuts like i'd rather take a three 15 minute naps in a day than like just be boosted all day it's it's insane oh way more healthy to do nap i'm a huge napper from like way back i can just set the time although i gotta tell you as i get older i kind of extend the nap time my like i i, I used to go like 20 25 now i think my minimum is some i'll try to do a 45 minute Let's go, dude. Like, 45 yeah. minutes sounds so good. <laughs> well, I mean, if you're going to do three per three fifteens, I'm, I'll do 145 and I'll be happy with that. Yeah, but if I go an hour, cool. if I go deep, sometimes I need to go deep and get that wake up process. Liz, oh, man. Definitely up till that's another 2 a.m. bedtime. You know, if you do it like an hour nap at 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. or something. Yeah, but sometimes 2 a.m. is like sick because, like, I feel like sometimes, like, your mind is active in the night. Like, I don't, that's totally, how I feel with totally. writing sometimes. It'll be like, you know, you start doing something at 10 p.m., but then you wake up, it's like 2 a.m., but <laughs> the most productive thing. Oh, man. Know? Across the board with creatives, it's like the nighttime. Although there, there, yeah. there are the types that'll say, no, I gotta, I get up, I have my coffee in the morning, I go walk out to my studio in the back or wherever in another room, and I sit down and I do. There are just some people that are like regimented of, I'm gonna be, I'm, I'm in, a, I'm in a creative endeavor, but I'm gonna do like a nine, I'm gonna be a nine to fiver or a ten to sixer, and and people can do that too. But I'm yeah, all about re- it's that quiet mm-hmm. in the middle of the night. Go ahead, Zahara. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, routine like. Routine's fun. I just can never grasp like creativity like that because I feel like it just like hits you when it hits you. Like a melody to me is like when I'm like wa- like on a hike or something. I started walking a lot because like I I feel like I don't really get to do that in LA, but yeah. Echo Park's kind of a walkable neighborhood. So like even like doing like the hikes like in Elysian or like just like away from people is right. like. No, the weirdest like melodies or ideas like pop in my head. I'm like, oh shit, that oh, sounds cool. good. I'm gonna go home. Yeah. Do you like um if you think of a melody, are you able to keep it in your head or do you kind of hum it into a voice memo or what do you do? I do the voice memo thing. I have a funny story about that. One time, you know, I started doing the voice memo thing at like a really like in my teens kind of thing uh-huh. and I, I showed my friend i was on tour with when i was 24 i was like dude check out this melody i was like like just like humming it or whatever and then yeah. he's like dude never show me that again and i was like why what i felt so i think he was being sarcastic but i think i got so embarrassed at that moment that i was like fuck no i'm never recording like the voice oh wait never voice. never show you something that you had done or he just didn't want to see the whole process what do you mean the, the process he was like dude that's so cringe and then i because i was like okay and then i'm just like bing 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 and then this is the verse and then this is the chorus or whatever yeah and he's dude that's so cringe well Don't you got me. the album to back it up you're like dude uh this is how this is how it works i come i got great songs and great melodies because i you know it's easy they, they escape you do they do they escape you if you don't write them uh, down or think of them or hum them or whatever I mean, it has never because I feel like I'm super protected. But if that happened, I would feel like it's like one of those things where you forget the word, like of what you want to say. Or, you know, you're like, oh, I thought right, of that. What was I going to say? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and sometimes if you just like go and on and do something else, it'll just all all of a sudden come into your head. 
But then yeah. if it's like super important, you'll get paranoid that you can't remember it and then you don't. <laughs> exactly. It's weird how that works. Um, so you, you meditate. Is it in a, so you're napping and you're walking and you're meditating too. Um, tell me about your meditation yeah. practice. I find that really interesting. Have you heard of the app Inside Timer? Uh, it's is that like, like, a, this, like um, it's like this like timer, and uh, you could set it to whatever, and it plays like this like these bells and like uh, these like strings. You could choose whatever music, and it's super calming or like a waterfall. And then I'll just like sit like just like cross legged and just like close my eyes and like meditate. It's like a whole ritual. Yeah. And then I say a prayer after. I don't know. I just like do that like a lot because it kind of like um, puts into perspective where you are. And I feel like my life has just been like a daydream because I do so many things <laughs> like in a day. So I just like never clock in or I don't I I kind of journal now, but I didn't before. So I was just like kind of living like my entire life on the fast lane, just like not ever stopping. Like, mm. like I went up to my master's degree and like fucking was a musician at the same time. Like I, I did a lot of shit and never yeah. dated a lot of girls in between. So my life was just always like fucked or it felt like noise. <laughs> You're, you've been like, going like, and going and going. Noise. Yeah. I've just like keep keeping on going without ever stopping to think and then so I did this like I don't know if I'm saying it right uh nidra like yoga session where you like uh you just like lay in like shavasana position mm -hmm. just like mm -hmm. on your back and then this like they put on the heater and like these like noises in the background and then like you know ladies talking and she's just like oh like you're you're walking through a fire and then like the fire like burns you then you're reborn and then you go into a tunnel and you see like every memory that you've had like the first death that you've like seen the first person you've kissed like everything and i was like damn i've never like contemplate like really like you know looked into my stuff i was uh -huh. like yeah that's ugly like what my life is like just like ongoing like never stopping so then when i just like started meditating like every day yeah. like it locks in your information like let me see oh that's interesting right. it locks in your information me. i've heard of those it, apps yeah. I'm, a, I'm a yoga practitioner myself but so i'm familiar with the practice of meditation yeah. i don't i usually do it in conjunction with movement and yoga but so yeah. a huge respect for being able to do a long one because they're it's hard to do yeah. It's hard to sit with yourself. And I feel like people have that problem. Like I've had that problem. So sometimes I'm like, maybe I've been running away from like everything. But then after I'm like, no, nah, because then I write music and then it feels like it's released like after that. Like yeah. it feels like a, like a way off my shoulder type thing. But mm -hmm. like uh, I started doing yoga at the beginning of this year. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's been like the most like beneficial like thing for me i feel like especially with like meditation and like just like calming i guess like not always wanting to be somewhere it's just like you're you're locked in with yourself and you have to just like stay there and yeah, stuff and yeah. it, 
It's cool. And then when you talk to all the other people who practice or like the instructors, like they always have some like good advice. And after that, I started like reading like Pema Chodron and then I started reading this book, The Power of the Mind. I don't know, dude. I've just been so, I guess, like, like locked in lately with like myself and all the crazy shit that I do every day, I'm like, oh, like I'm having fun because I'm not trying to run away, but because I'm present, like in the moment. And like, I don't got to look at my phone or I don't got to like worry about all the things, you know? Yeah. It's kind of like having healthy, I guess like a healthy like boundary or like a healthy like lifestyle and stuff. So does that represent a, does that represent a change for you, Zahara? Like, over the last couple of years, or is this something that you've always done? No, it's a, it's a change for sure. Cause mm-hmm. like, I mean, I don't talk about really my past cause it's kind of ugly. Like I, yeah, I, I'm like one of those people that like seen a lot of ugly shit and like did a lot of ugly shit. And like, mm. I don't want to like, I don't want to numb my life. You know, I don't want to like, I'm like drug free i've been for like a really long time Mm -hmm. and like i don't know i think like it's fun to just kind of like i guess like reflect but like not live in the past and i feel like you know Mm. in music i like love like listening to it because it takes me back to nostalgic times or like it represents like past stuff but then i think like yeah nowadays i just like I'm more into moving forward than like thinking about nostalgia or like, you know, trying to like, instead of trying to cover up who I am, like, yeah, I was before I'd want to change it. Right. Like I was like, so invested in like, Oh, I'm doing my therapy. I'm going to change. I'm going to be a better person. I'm going to be this. And then now I'm just like, Oh, I kind of am who I am. And like all this stuff has made me who I am and it's still part of me, but like, doesn't like, represent me so i went into this like i don't know it feels like a death like an ego death or a death of like a person that like i'm not yeah so before when you were saying sorry before when you were talking about how you use the music to sort of look back like it's kind of on this can be a nostalgic feel for you for certain if i understood that correctly but would i would i so does that mean that you sort of use your music to live to kind of relive things without the danger of kind of actually reliving them. <laughs> if, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like it, it's like a way of like kind of, you know, how I feel and think about things like at the moment, just mm-hmm. kind of like a reflection, but like, I don't really live. So like, if I make a song, this sounds really weird to people. I'll play that song like over and over again for one week straight. And then I'll never listen to it again. Like even when I get the masters back, I'll listen to it like once, but I can't really listen to it. Cause it makes me feel like not sick, but like, it makes me feel like, like I don't want to like relive a memory. You and know? you're talking it's, about your songs. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. My, my songs. Huh. Yeah. But you do have to play them live though. Or oh, not, yeah, you don't have to do anything, live. but you do play them live. Let's say that. Yeah, when I play them live, I'm just like, whoa, I, fo- I think it's more of the art for me. I'm like, oh, uh-huh. my God, this riff sounds cool. Because I like, you know, I'm playing like 
most of the instruments on my record. So I'm just right. like, oh, I never really got to see how isolated or cool that was, you yeah, know? Like, yeah. to me, it's not about, like, me and shit when I'm, like, playing. I'm like, oh, fuck, yeah. Like, all the kids, like, you know, <laughs> like, jam into the music. And then I'll see my guitarist, like, rip the solo. And I'm like, damn, dude, that's fucking beautiful, you know? Like, I just like seeing, like, the live like yeah, so you love the performance and the impact of the songs that you said you don't want to listen to on your own. It's kind yeah. of just, just different, sort of putting them out there into a room of your fans. Yeah, no, mm. yeah, it's it's super different. I like hate like, ugh, yeah, like I guess like living in the moment because I feel like for me that was like my I would always kind of like daydream and like not really be present. But now that I am present, I'm like okay, like. You kind of are the you choose to suffer kind of sometimes, you know, that's mm. what I've been learning is like, oh, like, you know, part of like being like in the present and being mindful is like, oh, like you can catch like when you're feeling bad. And I'm like, oh, that makes me feel bad when I listen to that. So like, mm. maybe I'm just not going to listen to that. You know, I just yeah, kind yeah, of like yeah. choose before i used to be so well, it's like, emo it's the it's the the mindfulness part about you know you can make choices to as to how you want to feel also in like in the real world you don't have yeah. to go down the rabbit hole every time exactly i was so used to that like so used to like loving maybe like weird like maybe loving pain or maybe just like uh, just you said you talked about an emo phase emo. you were about to say something about an emo phase <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh man, I've been emo my whole life. What if I just wasn't? Like, what if I just loved emo music to mm. like love, love it instead of just like, oh, like that makes me feel like this way and like get drowned in the feeling, you know? I think that used to be my problem before, but that makes good art too. Is just like, yeah, I was gonna say, I mean, just like that's like, why also that's why people go to listen so that they can immerse themselves in certain feelings that maybe they can't access on their own. Yeah. And I feel like my problem was, though, I teetered into being too sensitive. Like, mm. I, I just kind of don't want to be that way anymore. Like, mm. you know, I was like, I don't want to be a crybaby and like, you know, put all my <laughs> emotions. Like, you said that, not me. I don't know if you can say crybaby yeah. anymore these days. <laughs> Yeah, no, I was, I'm, I'm for sure, I'm for sure, like, a, a crier and stuff like that, so I think, like, I've just shifted, like, my attitude, like, because then... Well, there's a difference, there's, like, whining, and then there's identifying the emotions and kind of asking yourself where they come from. Yeah, yeah, crying can be beautiful, though, like, when yeah. it's just, like, but then I feel like I was like, oh, I kind of do it too much, or, like, yeah. you know, it's, like, too emotional and stuff like that, and then now that, like, it's kind of like what you surround yourself with and like, you know, going back to like, oh, just like hanging with the neighbor. Like, mm. you know, I was just like after I like centered myself in a more like like because I was like, why? Why have I felt so like um, like so weird and like cut off? Like because like when I was like younger, like all the suburban like nostalgia, all that like that was like. Yeah hanging with all the kids and like hanging with like my friends like families all that stuff like made me feel like good and then like going throughout my journey in the last like maybe like five years I was like why do I feel so like everything's so superficial like my friendships like everything doesn't feel like classic or like doesn't feel like genuine you know just feels different like so mm -hmm. then 
I think now I've just started like surrounding myself like, like in positive experiences or doing like wholesome shit. Like we don't got to go to the bar every day. Like part of why I want to leave Echo Park is because I'm mm. always on sunset, like having a drink or I'm at Prado or I'm at like Zeb. I'm like always out every night. And like, I'm just like, dude, I, I love doing that shit. Like it makes me who I am. And I love like, conversing in groups and like watching shows and shit but like i think part of me wants to return to like uh just like mellowing out like a little bit yeah i can get certainly going out is and drinking and carrying on i mean it's fun but it's hard to make that part of a lifestyle yeah, I think and still I'm feel kind of to- true to yourself because you know you start drinking and carrying on and yeah it can be hard and, and and what you were saying, I think you were like looking for deeper relationships with people in general, maybe, and like booze and whatever carrying on like that is really, it's tough to develop those deeper relationships when you're not like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, you're right. It's only like surface level shit. I think I've been like, after meeting, like, you know, I've always thought like, oh, I can't be friends with you know, a person who is like in a corporate job or I can't, you know, like I always felt like super closed off. But then after like meeting a bunch of different people, I'm like, oh, wait, you guys are actually cool. Like on the inside, like I've been (laughs) learning so much. Yeah, I've been so like shut off, I think, like to just like, oh, only hanging out with artists, only hanging out with musicians, like that type shit. But I yeah. I feel like now, like my change is moving towards just kind of like getting to know everyone, loving everything, like just like- There's a big world out there. Up. Exactly. I feel like since I was 12, I've been drinking since I was 12. So like when Holy I say shit. like shit runs deep, I've been yeah. partying since I was 12. And my dad's a big partier. Like, you know- Did I've you have just, a tough like, life at home growing up? Tell me about it a little bit. Uh, yeah, like, you know, just latchkey kid, kid yeah, shit. Yeah, and hey, so like, was I, shit, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, just kind of, you kind of learn how to, like, just, like, raise yourself and stuff like that. So I kind of just oh, did 100%, that. percent yeah. Yeah, so, I don't know, yeah, it, it, it was tough. But, and, like, I got into drugs and had a few ODs oh, and shit, stuff so at a fun. young age. Dude, I OD like, maybe when I was 14 or 15 off speed, like, it like my my life was like crazy and like dude like i'm telling you like now like i pulled up to because like kinships i go to kinship sometimes in highland park and like i rolled down the the yoga studio oh okay it's just some like yoga studio kinships like i was supposed to know yeah oh yeah kinships no i'm not that familiar with la but okay so yoga studio yeah just some yoga studio it's always it's like one of those hip ones or whatever and I, I don't know. Just like <laughs> one of those hip street. yoga studios. Yeah, it's like one of those ones. Because every time, like, I, I don't know. It's just like one of those ones. And I was, like, driving down the street. And then I went to put gas. And then I see one of my friends from, like, high school. And she's got, like, tattoos, like, all over her face. Like, she, like she has a van. It smells like weed. And, like, when I look in there, it's just, like, bags and bags of, like, weed and shit. And mm-hmm. I was just like, yo, hey, what's up? Like, this girl was, like, my best, like, friend when I was, like, younger. And, like, mm-hmm. her family was in, like, just did some her family was like in the biz of like cr- like crazy shit and so like i i said hi to her and she seemed like kind of like like didn't want to talk to me 
not didn't want to talk to me maybe just like shy or like intimidated because like things were like our lives are like obviously like very different and I'm not the same person and uh it felt like because you know I grew up with her so I was like yo like how are you and she's just like oh hey like kind of hesitant to talk to me and I was like dude I'm I just said it the same like just out out the out my mouth I was like yo I'm still the same person I'm not like like them like you know like because it was she her family got displaced and stuff like that's in through like the gentrification shit and I was just like yeah dude like I'm still like the same fucking person you know and we talked and I was just like damn I learned more about her like when we had talked and I was just like life was so different like back then to how it is now and I don't even know like I guess it's just like a positive force that like just like kept me going because like I don't even think like my life could have been so fucking terrible and shit and like i i just like tough that shit out and like Isn't just it, like yeah. left home. it's so interesting like i can relate to that a little bit sahara because i grew up like that like i mean um yeah nice neighborhood sherman oaks but you know divorced family and my dad was working primarily and i so i was at home alone a lot spent a lot of time on my own didn't necessarily have that super overbearing or even like not even just sort of on that the parents were not helicoptering in you know you have to depend on yourself and at some point you realize like you have this moral compass at least i did i didn't get in a ton of trouble myself right but um I was more involved in sports and everything, which helps, right? Gives you a level of focus, much in the way probably that being a musician does at that time. But at some point, and I think what I hear you're saying is that you you rely on yourself a lot, and you have, you know, you because you've had to. It seems like does that, yeah. and 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 it sounds like what you're saying is that. You know, you could have gone in a particular direction, but you had that confidence in yourself. And when you look inward, you know what direction that you want to go in. And you also know what a proper or right direction is to be on the path that you need to be is what it sounds like. Does that make sense at all? Yeah, I mean, agree, like 100%. It's just like you kind of like find your independence and like, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I feel like I used to be like victim mode and just kind of just like, oh, like kind of just like instead of driving like all blames into one, which is myself, I kind of like blamed it on everything else. Well, and that's just called kind of being just, angry, too. <laughs> yeah, I was angry. Right. I was for sure so was angry. I. And that's why I'm so chill now, because I was just like, yo, I'm so like fucking like angsty and like. I hate like everything and like, yeah. you know, that kind of vibe. And then and there's like yeah, booze said, and shit that makes you not be anxious. But then that's like not the real, that's not necessarily the best way to approach not being angry. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. I think, and that's like, I really yeah. like the process that you've gone through. It's really like a lot of respect for that. Thank you. Yeah. It's, it's been crazy, but I think. Yeah. And like looking at this at the, so your album came out, the most recent album, Tender, came out in September 22nd. Um, 
You know, I thought about a lot of this when, you know, looking at your album, reading about the lyrics, what you've said about it, what others have said about it. So how does that represent, does this album represent a change from the prior album? And is it kind of related to the things that we've been talking about, about self-discovery, about kind of being more mellow, understanding what these experiences that you've gone through are and how you want to represent them and who you are? It sounds like you're going through a little bit of a change. Would that be correct? Yeah, no, for sure. I'm, I'm, yeah, I feel like I'm going through a change, but like embracing it uh-huh. at the same time. Just like, I think it's like, power, like powerful, like when people are vulnerable. And I think this is what I did for this like record. Like, I've listened to like a lot of like fucking self help podcasts. Like, <laughs> like, you know, I've apps. read a lot of fucking <laughs> books, meditation apps, because I'm just like, dude, like I have fucking severe trauma and like that not even therapy could have changed that by itself and i'm just like fucking paying like 500 bucks a month like and like i love therapy it's great but that's not the only thing that you can do to like fucking like i guess like you know hold your ground and like own your own like you have to kind of do the work and like by doing the work it's like a fucking lot of work that's just like a full-time job you know sometimes like I see I could see sometimes where I would I will regress if I don't take up like the routine of like self like importance and like self time like I'll find myself like oh I'm not like doing you know something that I I know I'm supposed to be doing or like I'm starting to feel like you know a little bit worn thin with all that I do and mm-hmm. stuff like that which would like be like oh I need a drink to take the edge off or I need to go like you know do something to take the edge off and like it it doesn't feel nice to regress like that but even though i'm human and we all make mistakes and stuff like that but i feel like i wanted to show people like vulnerability and like it's okay to like feel like you know i feel like it a lot of my music revolves around romantic stuff because like i don't know i'm always like i'm always like i love love songs and I like that's like yeah I feel I don't know it's it's so weird but are I just, you kind of saying you love being in love is what you're saying <laughs> yeah sometimes yeah but then sometimes no like as I gotten older I just I, I don't know I like being alone kind of but I think yeah I, I when I'm in love, I'm like, oh, I want to write a song. And like, when I'm like sad about love, I'm like, oh, I want to write a song. <laughs> and I feel like, yeah. It's like, like getting the songs out of the middle part. It's like when you're not in love or when you're not breaking up, like what are those songs about? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what those songs could look like. I don't think I've ever written maybe that, a song. Maybe that'll be the next like, album. Oh, yeah, it definitely is. I already... <laughs> I'm always in the studio like four or five times a week. Yeah. It's it's been fucking crazy, I think. But um I like I don't know. I just I think tender was the vulnerability that I wanted to show people. Um how my friend said it was like, "Oh, it's just a chronological order of the shit that you've been through the last year and a half, like mm. your breakup and then just like the emptiness and then you met someone that you really liked." And like how that felt. So it's kind of like a journey of like, uh, I guess it's a journey of like weird love and loving yourself and then 
accepting that you don't know how to love yourself like you know mm. that's like my song i don't know how to love i i didn't know i met someone healthy for me but i didn't know how to hold it there because i wasn't you know i wasn't 100% with myself and like being 100% with myself was like yo i got to be alone i got to meditate i got to go totally. to therapy totally I gotta, like the- love myself the gotta be alone part's important, you know, especially for people like you and me that were like spent a lot of time by ourselves growing up. Like, and then I became codependent because of that, which is like the wrong way to go yeah. because like I need, I felt like I had, I, I felt like I needed someone. And so when I found someone that would quote unquote love me, whatever that means or whatever form that is, you know, I felt like that was something that, um, you know, I really latched on to that early on because I didn't necessarily, while I was a good kid, I didn't necessarily have, um, the, the, the inner strength to say, no, I don't need anybody. I'm good. Um, I would rather choose to have someone in my life, which is what I learned later on. Unfortunately that I learned it a long way later on. You're doing a much better job of this as a younger person learning it now, but yeah, it's that, being alone, not being afraid to just, and just relying on your, and having the trust in yourself. I'm was, I guess what, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, you're right. Um, something that you said uh, just about like, you know, growing up independent for so long and then you find something and you want to like be codependent on it. That, that was what got me like later on in life. I was like, oh shit, like being in a relationship is kind of nice. Like, you know, and then I was like, oh, I kind of like this. But then now I'm just like, wait, I kind of don't like this. Like, not that I don't <laughs> well, not like it. Rela- like, it's, it's, like, it's, it's not a relationship for relationship's sake. That's not like, you know, I got a friend yeah. who's like, he's going to be in like a relationship. He'll always be in some like form of relationship because that's like how he finds meaning in his life is to have someone that he's either attached to or that's like waiting on him hand and foot. And that's just like not like just – you can't be in a relationship for relationships. It's got to be about the person or it's got to be that you really want to spend time with someone because of who they are, not because of what they bring necessarily. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, I know. That's, that's definitely true. I read something today by that writer, Mark Manson. And he was like, when you lose things, like you, when you lose your friends or relationships, you lose yourselves part of yourselves in those people and those were the parts that they brought out of you and like that's kind of like how I felt with relationships like oh this like brought out my last relationship my last two brought out the best selves of myself well, even good. though it was like the like toxic like one of them was really toxic <laughs> and then this last that one was, like, seems healthy. like it's those are like two opposing forces. it was a toxic relationship but it brought out the best in yourself how does that happen though Cause she's, she, I think like she showed me all the things that I was fucked up in. You're fucked up this way. You're fucked up that way. You're uh, like helped you, you kind of tra- ch- helped you change in certain ways. And both were- of their moms were like these like spiritual like guru types of mm. ladies. Cause I always like hanging out with like my like significant others, like family or like spending time with their moms or like Uh, parents, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Like my friends, like my ex's like mom, like put me on to like, I don't know. She showed me like guy network and Eckhart Tolle. And Mm. like, she 
showed me a little bit of meditation. And then the next chick that I dated, her mom showed like was like in she runs she's like part of a chapter of like Alcoholics Anonymous and like uh just like really spiritual and like she's part of the church too. I don't know, she showed me like a lot of stuff and like I feel like in those last two relationships it made me like the healthiest I've ever been, but it was enough to make me the last one I was in, like I wrote tender mostly about uh one of my recent like relationships and and I think that was like the thing that I was like whoa if something's healthy and you're not healthy it's not going to work out you have to you'll keep repeating the same patterns if you don't get better everywhere you go there you are yeah and then you'll realize (laughs) like one day like You'll be like, oh, yeah, it was all you think that I used to blame things before. And you think like, oh, that that was totally them, you know, like, but like, you know, a big part of it is you. And that's why, you know, your relationships don't work out because you're not cool with yourself. You know, so. yeah, you got to own your own shit, really. And, you know, it's hard to like hate on an ex or something. But I, when I do that, I'm kind of like, yeah, no, I'm just hating the fact that I was not aware of that particular thing that torpedoed that relationship. And now I get it so I can improve and move on and understand what that part of myself was that was making me behave in a certain way and made for a kind of a dysfunctional relationship. No, and welcome yeah, to the relationship right. podcast, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense for this yeah. album because yeah, yeah. Like you, this was kind of what the vibe was of this album, right? Yeah, no, totally. Yeah. yeah. So tell me about your kind of your creative life, how you grew up and got into music and guitar and playing and all this, all this fun stuff. Was your family musical or how'd you, did you come about, how'd you come about all this? Um, my mom like used to play, well, I started, dude, actually, I don't know why I always had instruments. There was always like instruments in the house, like kids stuff, like from Toys R Us. But my (laughs) mom, like, I think they would get it for me as like toys. And my mom, like, loved playing. My my dad loves like a good speaker system. And so we Mm. always had a good one. And like my mom would play like the Carpenters or like, supremes michael jackson like all the all the good stuff in the kitchen so i we would i would wake up like that just like something on the radio like which just like a fucking melody every fucking morning and like you know i don't know like i guess i just like loved it by accident like every time that i well not by accident though it sounds like your parents were music i mean you don't have to be a musician to be musical right yeah 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 i guess like there was music in the house and then like there was just like these fake instruments and then i'd pick them up and like mimic shit and then <laughs> yeah pretty soon i like it yeah pretty soon i just started like because i'd never had the good shit growing up so i would just go to people's houses i'm like whoa this is your guitar it's a fender isn't that like fifteen hundred dollars your dad bought that for you and i just like pick up my friend's shit and then just like play with it and like some of my friends were generous they'd be like oh like you can keep this guitar i don't use it anymore and i'm just like oh for real and like i just like take it home and shit 
And then um, so when did you get your first guitar? And I had a by the way, I had a friend on the block, like the 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 block one one over who had like a Fender, like a Fender at the time. So this was like seventy nine or eighty. So this was like a vintage, awesome Strat with like a fucking PV stack. So and he'd let me borrow and bring it over to my home. I'd blast the thing and just like that's how I learned how to play was like on other people's instruments and then just picking them up from time to time. You know, like a throwaway one that I made my own, like an SG copy. I think was the first one I ever had. But what was so? When did you finally pick up a guitar? Uh, like a like a um, real one, not a Toys R Us one. <laughs> oh, like a real one. I think it was an acoustic. I had this like an acoustic guitar. That was like kind of what I first. Uh-huh. had and then i got an electric one that my grandparents got me and i was like this shit's i was like this shit's shitty or whatever but my friend was like oh it still plays or whatever so right, i would just right. kind of do that but yeah no i think i just like always practice on an acoustic so dude this is this is so trippy i first got my <laughs> first guitar like my first like real real guitar when i was like 19 and i got it with like this like like fucking i guess one of those like ta- when you get money back from taxes and i brought it with the tax check and i was like oh shit like this is i guess like i'll waste all my money on this and i got like a thousand dollar guitar it's like a fender stratasonic with p90 it has p90 pickups and yeah. it's a guitar that i play like live everywhere sweet and that shit was fucking beautiful. And like, uh, I never put it down after that. And I would play garage rock shows and stuff. Yeah. I, I don't know. I grew up playing in hardcore and emo bands and stuff like that. But like, after that, I was like, I'm just going to play like indie rock or just like rock music. And yeah, I don't yeah. know. That's kind of where I transitioned. What was the first but, band you um, were in? The first band that I was in. So it was man, like a garage, like, like a garage band at home or something. Yeah, I would say like the first band band where I recorded like my own like music and like songs. It was like my own project, but it had a band. It was called like Zahara and the Herd. It's <laughs> it was like a I don't know. And the herd like so, a herd of like a herd of buffalo or the herd like I heard it. Like yeah, a herd of buffalo. Yeah. <laughs> Although like the herd, the herd would be kind of cool though. H e a r d. Yeah, that would be sick. Not right? Wow. I could see that being a band, like a garage rock or psych. So what psych. year was this? How old are you now, Zara? I'm 29. Oh, okay. Um, so tell me about, so had this band, when was kind of the first time you were like, oh, this is maybe something that I want to do? Um, Kind of my whole life, actually. Really? I like, yeah. When I was like, this is so weird, like such a weird thing. I was um maybe like four or five years old Mm. and i was like sitting like under a table i don't know why i don't don't know i was under a table i think it was like the kitchen table and i was like (laughs) you weren't drinking too much were you at that time (laughs) no no i was i was always like a daydreamy kid and i was like peeling a scab like uh, i don't know like when a scab's like ready to like go and it's just itchy i was just like i know you can't stay away from it you're like oh my god okay what is that all about but go ahead (laughs) yeah i don't know and i was like peeling off the scab off my knee and i was like daydreaming at the same time and then i had this like dream that i was like fucking like older and i was wearing a hoodie playing a red guitar in front of like a bunch of people yeah and so when i like when i started playing with like idris and stuff like that 
I was on stage and I, like, I was walking away and I was like, this is the dream I had when I was four years old. Oh, like, shit. that shit's fucking crazy. How many dude. years later yeah. was that? that was weird. I was 24. Fuck, I, 20 years. Like, and you remember, like, yeah. they have this vision, like, from before. That's so weird yeah, when that shit happens, like a deja vu kind of thing. Yeah, no, it it definitely was. I believe I, that those are things that you dream before that are just feelings that get reenacted. It's not actually the same thing that's going on. That's kind of just my yeah. belief. Like, oh, yeah, I had this in yeah. a dream once and now it's kind of happening. And I think your mind tricks you into thinking, wait, there's a dog over there. And that dog was in the dream. My own belief is that the dog wasn't in the dream, but it's there and your mind is going, okay, I had these feelings and okay, there's a dog over there and I'm going to, I'm going to say, and I'm going to say to myself that that was actually the dream. That's what I believe, but I don't know what that is. I'm not that well versed in like Jungian philosophy or whatever, but yeah, that's really know. cool though. It, it felt like a manifestation or some shit like that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, like I connected the two because I always remembered that same thing as i was getting older i was like oh yeah i always thought that when i was a kid that i would be a musician i mean i dedicated That's my life to awesome. the fucking like yeah thanks man yeah i feel like i was going to be an academic because i dedicated like more of my life to academia and like speech language pathology huh. and i was always at school and stuff but i yeah. was always playing music and i would ditch classes so i was just kind of like oh like something's pulling me this way but then something's like pulling me that way did you go to college and, I, and pursue that stuff yeah yeah i went to cal state la oh cool yeah just like the state school and like i don't know dude like i always kind of like just never really wanted to pursue music because i didn't have the i wanted to do it but i didn't have what i wanted and that's the mm. kind of stuff that like, fucking like bogged me down i was like why is ableton 600 800 bucks and why when i turn into it it like crashes and like my fucking interface sucks and like the whole blaming thing i kind of just blamed everything it was like i can't be good if i don't have this and you know i just like why is everybody got really good recordings and like good clothes and good this and good that like you know and good social media and thousands of followers. Like I always like, Oh, I don't have that. So like, I guess I'm just going to like do school kind of just like discourage well, myself yeah. from you see the people forward. with 30, the thousands of tens of thousands of followers, but you only see them now. You didn't see them when they were zero. They had something had to happen. There's a growth, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People, you can't trick yourself into thinking like, Oh yeah, I can't do this because someone else has got a hundred thousand followers. No, they were at zero once, dude. Yeah. And exactly. if you're doing the thing that you I love, think, it just it just starts to come in whatever form it is. Yeah, no, true. It was just that sparse like mindset and just like like a negative like kind yeah. of mindset that I had before. And then after Yeah, like, that it's that that operating from scarcity instead of from abundance, I think is what that is. Yeah, right? scarcity mindset. Yeah. One hundred percent. Yeah. And I I don't know. After just fucking abandoning that shit and actually seeing how hard you have to work to be like in music, that's just a full time job. It's oh, not yeah. like what it seems like at all. Like so many practices, touring is crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm in like five studio sessions a week, either helping somebody else or helping myself. Like mm. it's it's a crazy thing, but it's beautiful. And I don't think there's anything else I'd rather be like doing like 
Hell I yeah. Can. That's great. So are you like an artist that's sort of, okay, I'm on the road now. This is the easy part because I'm not in the studio for like, cause I'm not running around so much. I'm kind of more focused or what's the vibe when you're, when you're touring? It's, it's hard. Cause um, I feel like I, it's like I'm we're using my car to drive on the road. Mm-hmm. We're like I'm paying for everything. I'm like so a lot of like the people I tour with are from are students from Cal Arts. So I think since they're younger, it's like hard to I don't have a tour manager. So like I do, you know, it all by myself. And like, you know, it's just like I feel like I have to be a parent or like a leader to like <laughs> boys because i feel like you know sometimes one will be like hey i'm feeling this way i'm feeling too tired i don't think i could like carry the gear to bring inside today i haven't slept for five days do you recommend how do i like go to sleep and i'm just like let's go get you some melatonin or like maybe we could do a walk before like you know we go to sleep or like maybe you need this you need that you know so it's just like constantly having to sometimes you're you're the tour manager and mom at the same time yeah i'm like (laughs) watching these boys and it's just like sometimes i can't like let loose i have to be on my game like 24 7 and like um it it does feel fun but it is a big responsibility and stuff and then one day when i do have a tour manager and i do have all that stuff that's when i'm gonna be chill and the boys will be like a little bit like older and like you know they can ask the tour manager questions they don't even ask me you know any questions but um yeah it it is this part of letting loose the letting loose part is like when you know after the show and we're all just chilling or playing the show those are the two things that i look forward to on tour i hang out with the fans too uh after tour like um when i was in fiveville arkansas like some townies like they'd chill at the like um side of the stage and then they'd be like oh you want to go for a drink like there's this bar like down the street or whatever that we all go to it's the local bar beers are three dollars so then like i'll round up the boys and then we'll socialize with like all the people like there was like maybe 20 or 30 like townies surrounding us when we were we were just playing like there was this game with the chain and a ball or i don't know you have to get the chain chain on the hook hook. I've never, I've yeah, seen that, but I've never like stepped up and played it. Like, okay. <laughs> They're so random, but we were just all playing. There's just, but it's, it's, it looked like, uh, you know, San Junipero, the Black Mirror episode. Mm-mm. What is that? It looked like a retro, just kind of the oh, way. Black Mirror. Oh yeah. I remember night that. Yeah. No, I didn't it was just like a one. retro, like video game of like, it felt like a 1950s or 1960s, like movie of just right. like everybody in like the pub bar like chilling and like playing games i don't know i think that's the part that i like about tours just like the hangs and then just like getting to know more people right kids tell me some deep shit too like when they come up to me i've also heard like some deep stuff from like adults and stuff that like Mm. you know that i hear they're just like oh like my mom like died and we used to listen to your music and like wow you know um i i guess since i'm present if i was like disconnected before like i was i'd be like dude i don't want to hear that like i don't think i'm in the headspace don't bo- don't to hear bother that. Me with your sad stories yeah exactly i mean that's kind of like how i was before just kind of like running um, di- 
didn't want to like like when you say before what do you mean like yesterday or like two years ago or no no like year like years ago yeah Yeah. i wouldn't be able to but i think now you know i'm just like have to just you know empathize and just i give little advices like here and there because then they'll like tell me like more personal shit and i'm like yeah you know don't get into that i'd say you know like it's a really sad moment be easy on yourself be kind to yourself that kind of stuff you know so it was good to like i guess not be that the one in that situation but like be like with all the stuff that i went through be like a kind of like a mentor you know like in a positive way and stuff so yeah like i think those are the parts that i like about tour it's just like the not all the nitty-gritty not like going to yes to pick a melatonin at fucking 10 p.m or the 24-hour one or like you know finding a specialized meal for one of the boys or like one of them ran out of underwear or one of them one of them their t-shirts flew off the off the top um carrier or whatever like it was kind of open their shirts flew out and they're like yo can you buy me some like new clothes like my shit fell out i was like all right dude let's go you know like i don't that's here's the directions to the nearest target and i'll text them to you or something like that (laughs) no i have to drive the the car yeah Yeah. so i think i'm doing most of the driving with like uh my friend uh or my drummer josh so like you know both of us split it up and Mm -hmm. we drove to like hellish like fucking weather conditions like on like fucking four hours of sleep which is super dangerous and i don't recommend but like sometimes you're not gonna make it to the show if you don't like i don't know no power hours yeah shit so i guess um, i love tour and it's relaxing but i'm waiting for the day that i can actually relax and let loose you know on top of that i have people that like sit my cats you know so then i'm bombarded with questions doing all the emails and shit like so it's it's the nitty-gritty but like i i feel like one day you know when it's over maybe i'll miss it maybe i mean that's the way you can connect with your fans and your music is very personal and clearly touches a lot of people out there so you know that's the way you get out there and you talk to them and you interact with them and you meet with them right i know it's like there's a lot of shit behind that for sure so yeah yeah that's um, the best part. That's what? I said that's that's the best part. Like I guess it doesn't involve music. I guess it's like the con the connection aspect of it or whatever. Or just like I don't know. I feel like living in LA is kind of a bubble. So mm. like when you see other people's lives like in the south or the Midwest, yeah, it's so fucking different from us. Oh, and yeah. like it's actually kind of like I don't know. It's kind of like more humbling and like, like I said earlier, like the fucking like superficial connections versus the genuine ones. Like you could tell there's like nothing to gain like at all from just like being outside, like meeting someone fucking you. There's not anything they're asking of you. It's just like, who are you type vibes, you know? Do, do you so, feel like you can make those kind of connections when you're performing your music on stage and seeing your own, that musical vibe reflected in the people that come to see your shows? Um, or reflected back yeah, to like, you? Or kind of what's that, what's that sort of vibe for you? And how does that, what impact does that have actually during the show? And does that 
come anywhere near like you seem to really like that connection outside of the music with people that come to your shows um how does it differ than when you're playing actually the music when i'm playing i don't know i'm not even thinking about anyone you know i'm just like going mm. with the vibe it's like i i feel like i you know i try not to spend so much time in here but yeah. just like through my eyes you know just like what's going on just the energy and it's so corny to say like energy, but like it's, I guess oh, it is like definitely you know, energy, 100%. It's real. The, the energy. Yeah. Like when you go in a hot yoga room, it's just like Zen, like, mm, like vibes, you know. But when yeah. you go into a show, it's just like, ah, like, you know, it's like the crazy, <laughs> crazy, happy, like crazy energy. I don't know. I mean, the collective energy of having people in a room for anything is always interesting to me. I mean, you know, yoga is one thing. A show in especially small venues or another thing like it just sort of brings you to another place yeah i mean th i think those are the two things sometimes when you walk into a coffee shop it's super awkward like like weird like energy everybody's just like you know on yeah. their lap it's so cold you know and then sometimes when you walk into a different coffee shop the vibes are like super good the music's playing <laughs> yeah i was gonna everybody's say it depends on what music them. they're playing too <laughs> yeah yeah so you got into producing this you you produced this album primarily on your own with a friend of yours um uh Janik Yeah, Yannick. Um, yeah, oh so Yannick, sorry. Um yeah, what was that about? How, how did that how did that go for you? Like you talked about having Ableton before and like now obviously you're becoming expert at it. Yeah, no, true. Um yeah, I so Yannick worked on three songs. And those those songs are so like fucking good. This kid, like Yannick graduated from Berkeley, like school of music. He's mm. a he's something else. Like one of those, like he's younger, maybe 20, maybe Yannick's 22. Mm -hmm. Just turned 22. So when he was like younger, he started producing like EDM and like trap music at like 10 years old. And he showed me like the Kidding tracks me? that wow. he Yeah, he's you're hanging around. Shit. You like the youngsters. Um, <laughs> all right i don't I want to get know. off the track with this one I, but anyway, i feel joking. like they're just like uh everyone my age doesn't like want to show me shit i don't know how that oh, you can't really learn Feeling i guess like a competition like, yeah it's it's weird yeah and then so like i don't know people who want to berkeley or cow arts those kids like they they'll teach you like I didn't get the chance to go to art school. So I'm just like, dude, when I like hang out with art school, like people, I'm like, damn, that's like so cool. I never thought of it that mm. way. And like, I don't know. I just like learned different shit. Yesterday I learned about Francis Bacon. I didn't even know who the fuck that was. And then I looked up his art and I was like, whoa, oh, this yeah. is so sick. Like I, amazing, you know, like just, engineer, like, architect, like, like all that kind of like Renaissance man from the that's like the 1700s dude with like the wig and no no not that guy it was just like another artist who like he draws like carcasses and like weird shit and he has like oh, a picture shit. a painting of a pope and then it's like it's like a painting of a pope and then it's like um it's like contorted and like fucking fleshy and like weird it kind of looks like grindcore he's like kind of like reminds me of like grindcore like 
art or something but he's like the og i think maybe 1950s oh okay but, and he oh, looks like yeah a no i definitely guy. know who that is yes 100 percent, 100 percent. yeah yeah like yeah, hyper realism so, and like weirdness yeah i know that yeah. yeah so i don't know you know the things that you learn is just like yeah different from the eyes of like because there are questions so this, that well sorry sorry go ahead like, I'm going back to Yannick. He's he's he was like I doing mean, shit like, from like when he was ten, doing stuff. That's crazy. Yes, yeah, he's recreated whole albums. Like let's say, like you know, for a project, they'd have to be like, okay, recreate this album of like ten tracks from this artist. Like he's able to do that. Wow. So it's just Holy kind shit. of like knowing this kid and like not kid, but like young adult or whatever. And like, so basically Steve K, the mixing engineer dude who like makes my shit was like, yo, my assistant like wants to work with you, really likes your music, but like he like hasn't really produced for anybody, but like he, you know, wants to like work with you and like help you. Talking and I was Yannick. like, yeah, Yannick. So then <laughs> we like linked and we made, you know, girls on SSRIs, Dust, You, and you know what's even more crazy, dude? This is going to be the one that's like, this is like kind of what's like, this is what fucking blew my mind. He's yeah. like, oh, I've never really listened to rock music. I was <laughs> like, what the fuck, dude? You've never really listened to rock music? Are you fucking kidding me? So that was He's a whole like, week yeah. adventure you guys had, right? <laughs> yes, dude. I was, I was sending him music. Like I was sending him fucking like, like everything, everything, like from the classic, like fucking, I was sending him Ozzy Osbourne, like, you know, just like anything like fucking classic to like fucking now. And I was like, yo, Feeble Little Horse, this new record's fucking great. This is great. This is great. Everybody's listening to this. Like, let me catch you up to speed. And so I, you know, I, I like helped him and he helped me. He's like, yo, like, you know, this would sound better if it was this chord and like, you know, this jazz progression, like this, this, these drums, you know? So I'm just like, okay, like we learn so much from each other. And That's then so like cool. now I, you know, I referred my friends to him. I was like, yo, this guy's fucking a great audio engineer. He's a great, this great, that he could fix your guitar pedals, like <sighs> just go to him or whatever. So like, I'm always promoting him on my Instagram and stuff. And, awesome. Like, awesome. Yeah, he definitely, yeah. Helped me like so much. And, and, and like, speaking about promoting and like connecting with people, you connected with Michael Imperioli. I saw and tell me about that. Cause he's a cool dude. I love what he does. I love the acting and stuff that he does. Obviously Sopranos, but he's done some really great stuff since then um what did i watch on hulu this fool is a great show oh i love that show oh yeah. i love that he's so good in it and those characters that whole world i love that world and it was such an interesting insight into that um but yeah how'd you connect with he's, he's got zappa is his um is that the band zopa zopa yeah yeah how'd you connect with him um one day i just like messaged him like and i was like you know we're like we should play a show together blah blah blah. we started talking from then on and then one day he's like hey we should hang out and i was like okay and i i rolled up on him and like he gave me a book and like we like had lunch together and like we just talked about ourselves and our lives and it was cool like i don't even know like he we had a lot of stuff in common like mm. And then, like, you know, regarding the change stuff, like, I wanted to change. And, like, yeah. 
kind of just like I was already going through the motions of like changing and like learning about like um he showed me Buddhism and stuff like that. I I didn't really meditate before I met him. Mm. And I didn't um yeah, so once I met him, he he showed me this book, Start Where You Are, or he sent a bunch of books to my house. Actually, the one that I like pulled up mm-hmm. the earlier is a book he yeah. sent me. He sent me like three books and I'm on the third one. And uh he's a really like good person. When I talk about genuine connection, yeah, he's like a really good person, like mm. his family and him. Um all his work is great. I you know it's crazy. I never knew who he was before i met my ex and my ex was like oh you have to watch sopranos if you want to date me and i was like okay like that's a big ass assignment (laughs) yeah yeah it it is i watched the whole fucking seasons and it was fucking good yeah and then i watched phenomenal but it's also like six months it probably took you three months to watch or something it did take me three months literally yeah and then she she was like oh Oh, yeah yeah, i forgot he was in white lotus too yeah, he's in White Lotus. I watched the what after. Do she is in White Lotus? He plays. I know dude, that. That shit's so funny. That, that oh, he's perfect at like playing like the douchey guys, but then they've got like an underlying thing. They're really genuinely good people. If you kind of stripped away all the bullshit, right? That's the kind of a theme. Yeah, I think good dude to know. Uh, that seems like it'd be really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. All right. Wanted to talk about a video that you did that I'd like you to leave. What? Tell me about the the characters that are in that and why you did it like that. And also, who? I so it was like deceased rock stars. Yeah, it was like okay. So one night I was over at my friend's house and I was like, "Yo, like this song, like this is about this. Like it's about like just fucking like I don't know. You're like dating, but you don't really like anyone and." You, just like feel weird about it and then my friend was like oh like what if you did a music video it's like celebrities like speed dating and she was like how about dead celebrities and I was like oh that sounds good you know so I don't know we did it but we didn't have a direct I don't know we had a director I don't know it just it those were all great all your videos are great I really like that one who is the um the one that's the lead singer with black hair I think that's, I was just supposed to be one of the Ramones. I think that was like the only thing that I could. Um, well, quickly tell me you're, you're, you're going out on tour. You got, to, you put some, you're doing some headlining dates in 2024, which is awesome. And you're headed, you're going on tour with wild nothing. You'll be in Chicago actually where I am. Um, on, yeah, come uh, through. Yeah, hundred percent. If I'm in town, let's let the week of Thanksgiving, or I think, or the week prior. Oh, no if way. I'm in town, it's, it's a House of Blues, hundred percent. I'll be there. Um, th- but that that's that that's awesome. And and then you're going to and you're going to Europe soon, doing some shows there for the first time. Yeah, yeah. Tell no, me a little I'm bit about that. that. I live I leave there in a week. I'm not stoked for the Paris bed bugs. So those are the one thing. The what? Did you see that? It's like. The Paris bed bugs. There's like a big infestation in Paris right now. Bed bugs are in the subway, on the street, uh, and they're it's like hard to get rid of them right now. So I mean, I'm pretty sure we're gonna be like pants. in public. Yeah, <laughs> I don't want fucking bed bugs. But um, no, dude, I'm so stoked. I actually like, I don't know. I I think I'm just gonna like. I never get to have a fucking vacation, like fucking ever. So in the last four years, I feel like I have not 
gotten to just like go somewhere and see something cool yeah. like, unless it's tour and even though this is work i'm like so excited just to not be in like the u.s like, have you well, been well, over there not- before yeah uh-huh. so i i packed europe when i was 16 so oh, like cool. i'm stoked to like actually go back and just like you know have a glass of wine do things the way that i want to do it not yeah, like with as fucking an adult and, yeah as an adult i want to fucking smoke some cigarettes drink good wine hell yeah and just like, eat good pastries good food you know yeah. just like fucking, oh yeah that'll be going on there <laughs> yeah uh, drinking wine having good food pastries smoking cigarettes <laughs> You're, yeah Paris like among whole, i just want yeah. to bulge for a while, you Hell know, yeah. just like indulge yeah. like fucking. The shows will be shit. cool too. It'll be great to see like who comes out and like and and interacting yeah. with fans over there too. It'll be really cool. Um, yeah, that's what like it doesn't scare me, but I'm just like kind of nervous. I'm like, would people go? Are people gonna go? Like, do people listen to me out there? Like, I don't know. Like, so yeah. I'm stoked to see if if there's like a scene, you know, because like. I feel like I'm just so used to U.S. like scene. It's gonna be nice to see, or maybe su- surprising to see what the fuck is out right on. in a different country. That'll be so much fun. Good luck with that. Thank you, Zahara. This was awesome to talk with you. Really, you're so you're you're just you're just a cool human, and I really, uh, I you know, I really had a great time getting to know you. And thanks so much for sharing so much. It was really. Uh, um, you've been through a lot, and you've you've you're clearly kind of on. Feels like you're on the other side. Yeah, no, it feels good to be on the other side. Cause like, yeah, not knowing how that felt like, I was like, man, why is, why are people so happy? Why is this, this? And then after I got there, I was like, oh yeah, I understand. It's cause they got a good cup of coffee, a walk and they meditated. Like now I'm doing it. (laughs) Right on, right on. Well, best of luck to you, Zahara. And um, uh, thank you. Nice meeting you. It was nice talking to you and like, yeah, if you're around in Chicago, hit me up and come do this show. 100%. 100%. I'll see you there. Uh, peace out. Yeah, same here. Thanks. Thanks again. Cheers. Okay, that was me and Zahara having just a, a nice conversation. Kind of ended up to be the relationship podcast for a moment there, as I joked about in the middle. Um, but Zahara is such a sweet human, and we had just a really uh, sweet conversation. It felt like, you know, we sort of knew, have known each other in some other life or something. I don't know. Maybe it's kind of the LA SoCal thing. I just really, um, related to their vibe, but you know, um, I talked about at the top that, um, Zahara's really on this, uh, their own path to, to self-improvement and going through changes, but also kind of embracing it. And what's really admirable is the self-awareness that it takes to get to that point. And, um, you know, when you recognize with Zahara that times were really crazy for them in their life and, um, uh, you know, that it's been a journey on this road of self-awareness and, and, um, self-realization and self-improvement. And, I really loved on the new album Tender that's out September 22nd. It's out now that uh, they really wanted to show uh, people that vulnerability is okay and that vulnerability is powerful. And as an artist, you know, that is real currency that you have to show yourself uh, to your listeners, to your fans. And, um, and we also talked 
about um, Zahara and therapy. And, um, you know, I can relate to that too, because I've done a lot of therapy and I work with a life coach and, um, uh, you know, talked about how not, it's not only just doing the therapy, but it's doing the work after that, uh, doing the meditation and the self-reflection um, that Zahara makes a practice of. Um, and it's that need to commit to doing that extra work. But also from a musical standpoint, Zahara has a massive work ethic. Ethic, they talk about being in the studio four to five times a week, constantly working on their craft. And that really shows on this latest album. Uh, please go uh, and see Zahara on the road. Like I said, for Chicago uh, fam, Zahara will be here in Chicago at House of Blues, supporting Wild Nothing at the show on November 20th at House of Blues. Please come out to see that. And if you're going to head out to that, give me a shout out. Would love to say hello. Thanks again to all of you for tuning in for this really cool conversation with Zahara. And I want to thank Zahara as well for being here on this episode of Road Case. Thanks again so much for listening. And I'd like to encourage everyone to get involved with Roadcase. You can do so in a number of different ways. You can email me at info at roadcasepod.com with questions, comments, and even suggestions for guests. Or you can follow us on the socials, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're at RoadcasePod. And we have a YouTube channel called Roadcase Podcast. And of course, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite listening platform. And if you could please rate and review the podcast while you're there, that would be great. So I want to thank Waltzer for this awesome theme music that we have. And I want to thank all of you for tuning in and listening to Roadcase. We have a lot of great episodes coming up, so I'll see you on down the road. Yeah.